July 5, 2009. It's Watt from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
experience is helping me to become a person I want to be. If the darkness inside vanishes, so will vanish the darkness before my eyes. I'm emerging from a hypnotic state. We don't need to be perfect. Every experience is helping me to become a person I want to be. If the darkness inside vanishes, so will vanish the darkness before my eyes. I'm emerging from a hypnotic state. We don't need to be perfect. Juan from Pedro Show. Um, started off with John Coltrane this July 5th, 2009, along with Miles Davis doing a tune called Budo. It's a happy um, Bloody Thursday thing yeah. for a Longshoreman Union here in uh, Pedro. Except they ain't in Pedro. Where's it? El Dorado. Yeah. And... Um, Although you said there's some stealth stuff going on. Yeah, Pedro, Point Pedro dudes that didn't want to go down to El Dorado, I think, got little Royal Palms uh, Plan B. Oh, it's Royal Palms. Yeah, the, the Sunday thing in the park is that traditional summer. That's right. Just starting up today. I um, uh, was at Royal Palms pedaling yesterday, and it was full. This lot here, yeah. there's like three rows of cars in Land's End. Yeah, it was nuts. There were so many cars down here. Fourth of July madness. Yeah, it really was. It was some cool fireworks, though. Yeah, over at Dirks, I saw. Him. Oh, uh, after John Coltrane, Miles Davis, we heard "Emerging" by Migu from their new album, and and uh, we got a guest. Yes, <laughs> welcome. Hello. Oh, Kim White <laughs> from uh, Echo Park. All the way from Echo Park, eh? Yeah, yeah. So we want to fill you in on our Pedro thing for the weekend. So Fourth of July was yesterday. And a lot of people coming, uh, not from Pedro. I mean, the Pedro people were out, but a lot of people from the rest of the town come down, and mm. we got packed out. Yeah, and nice. that beach, Cabrillo here was yeah, all the way parking all over. People like rolling barbecues down the street. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Up to Korean Bell, Furman, all, all the way to Royal Palms. Royal Palms is this part where. Roman Sepulveda built a road that went down to the sea and he built actually a spa using a, some uh, hot, spring out there. hot spring coming from the oh, wow. ocean. And there was Issei fishermen, first generation Japanese fishermen, there were abalone, abalone swimmers, and that thing's been there since the turn of the century, I think 1911. Mm-hmm. And it went downhill for a while in the 70s, but they built it back up, and it's part of my pedaling route. There's nobody living down there anymore. Really. But uh, it's a neat, yeah, it's a neat spot. And it was packed up, man. I couldn't believe it. So much. Did you ever get a tour, Pedro? Did I give you a tour? I did get okay. a tour. So maybe you would know these if I took you around. Is that where the cement? Down there the is. There's there. remnants. Because yeah. what happened was that spring closed up. And so the spa went into disrepair, and, and the ocean just beat it down there. There was also a dance club down there. They had a second war, and it got all beat up. There's only walls of that thing left. Do you want to see an old picture? 
Oh, I'd love to. Oh, yeah, Brother Matt's. In fact, there's a great... See this shot there? That's... Yeah. See that? Satellite shot of Pedro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you on... This is how it looked. The radio. And what's left now, these are like tide pools. Like there's part of this big old bath that's still there. Wow. Parts of it, and it's turning, you know, when the tide's right, little kids can play around, but all this is gone. And the water is crystal place. clear in this And he photo. put a bunch of palm trees down here. And that's why it's yeah, called Royal Palms. Pit. Yeah, he built into the side of the cliff fire pits and uh, even chairs, like thrown. Yeah, down there it's kind of like being in Greece or Spain or something. Kind of yeah, a combo. Well, when I was driving up here today, I kind of felt like I was in um, Twin Peaks, San Francisco. You know where the big radio tower is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 so Twin Peaks. There's a view there where you see the whole town. I feel like I live on an island here because I hardly ever have to leave the point. Beautiful. Yeah. He Surrounded by water on three sides. He's got water on three sides. Yeah, Brother Matt, you know, I'm, I'm like two and a half miles from here. I think we could see fireworks from Brian's rooftop last night. Oh, wow. Well, we saw them here. Yeah. They did them we off a boat. The fireworks, 360 degrees. Nice. Oh, wow. Incredible. All around. Yeah. Street ones. Everything. City ones. Real ones. We had city ones off a barge here. They're mm-hmm. all real. Like dirt. Well, city ones. These are like, it, you launch them out of big trash cans yeah. with sandbags. And, uh, in fact, Dirk knows one of the firemen involved with that thing there. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. My friend worked on uh, the Redondo Barge a few years ago and, and yeah. snaked a few of them and then took them to Burning Man. <laughs> they were like big old coconut looking. Yeah, stuff. right. Yeah, those things were great. Nice. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, well, not Burning Man so much, but leaving Pedro, you, after the school let out, went on a journey? Yeah, I escaped. Buggy you escaped? Down to Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah, I went down buddy Samo got a cool pad down in Langosta. Twan's down there still. He's going to be spending the Three summer. Months. So uh, Twan was on the last show yeah, talking about yeah. Roger Corman. He's involved with movie stuff. Yeah, he's been on a bunch. And in fact, he's button. gone there to do writing, right? Um, he's got some projects he's working on, so they're putting their brain power together and uh, teaming up to, to make amazing things happen. So okay. cheers to those guys. So how long were you there? Nine days? Yeah, yeah, like nine days. It was bitching, just like relaxing. It was totally relaxing. Didn't really go much more than like a half hour south to a righteous beach and a half hour north to a righteous beach and a couple of righteous beaches in the middle. Well, what about the kayaking with the crocodiles? Yeah, there was an estuary right there. Yeah. It's like ten times saltier than the salt water. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's where the river mouth at Tamarindo is. Mm -hmm. So um, if you paddle upstream a little ways, there's a righteous little restaurant there and bar. But we paddled up for a couple hours. And, uh, yeah, it was righteous. It bakes in there, though, because you're like 10 degrees above the equator. I know, I know. It's humid. It's like totally hot. But, uh, humid and hot. Yeah. But, but, but what's but, relaxing about paddling with crocodiles? Well, that, that was the, the key to, to, to yakking with Cricky is to go <laughs> in the afternoon. Once, uh, like after 9 o'clock, it was so hot, and those guys like to, to crash. Talk. So, yeah. yeah, they're all sleeping. Okay. So so that but makes it probably cool, night time uh, not too <laughs> yeah early morning and sunset time it gets way more active I guess how long so, are the crocodiles oh uh, they're like some of them are like boat size like as big as your yak whoa I think down there might be actually caimans um, but they're still like crocodiles as far as I'm concerned <laughs> yeah it's a trip 
different than alligator. Yeah, yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. And uh, one of the beaches we were on was uh, Playa Grande, where the big leatherback turtles go and yeah. get their little Did you eggs. See them? Like, no, they go like around November and December, I guess. Okay, but wrong they're like season. big thousand pound creatures up, six foot turtles, like going up and laying their eggs on the beach. Mm. Wow. They bury them? I think so. They do bury them. Yeah, it's got to be totally dark around there, otherwise, it confuses them. So. Is that the one when they. Then the babies got to dig their way out and make the big... Make the big trek to the... Yeah, the camel maze come down shouting Yeah, seagull teeth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> get all this. some of the gaviotas that t- turned all belige and started chowing on whales. Wow. Because uh, some kind of bad habit from the gomi, from the garbage, basura, oh. uh, makes them all aggressive and they're fucking chowing on whales. Wow. Yeah, birds. down there off Chile. Were you there with the Honduras thing? Yeah, because he's there the, right now. The yeah. boss is there. Yeah. And his pajamas. The <laughs> army got him out and they put him on a Get plane. Out of town. And all the OAS is saying, no more. This is over. This was when U.S. was kind of more involved with things. We had these army coups. Yeah, it's wild. And, uh,. I guess he was going to put a vote to the people about getting rid of a term limit. Yeah, change, changing their constitution a little bit so he could stick around longer. That was going to be a referendum. Yeah. That means people could have voted it down, yeah. right? They didn't want any opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. You're out of there. Yeah, so, so he's living in Costa Rica. Yeah, he was chilling over there. Costa Rica's... One, uh, they didn't have a lot of war. Yeah, Isn't it's it kind of like, like the, the Switzerland? Switzerland, Switzerland of Central America yeah. or the Western Hemisphere, I guess. So, yeah, they get their leaders uh, who are who are leaving their countries to go hide out. I guess it's not the first time. <laughs> and they also have like incredibly high literacy rate, like yeah, right. ninety-eight percent literacy well, rate, also, the highest in the world. Um, a really European culture, isn't it? I think. I think a lot of those places down there, they got their, their influx of, of uh, a lot of European down there. So there were some restaurants you go, everyone's speaking Italian. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was neat. A lot of Argentinians and stuff. When I lived in New York... I want to go there. Oh. Have you been down there, Kim? No, I haven't, but I, w- I worked for um, at a law office, and the lawyer, he was a big music business lawyer, and his brother was the president of Costa Rica. Oh, nice connection. <laughs> well, yeah, and the, this was in the 80s, and his partner was also like a quote-unquote music business lawyer, but he represented Noriega, and he also represented um, some of the Medellin people. So it was a very interesting uh, place to work. Some interesting dinner and parties. He kept, <laughs> he kept saying to his partner, the, his law partner, like, can you just tell your brother to let us, you know, cruise through Costa Rica. Because <laughs> right next door in the yeah. 80s was the big war in El Salvador. Yeah, yeah, Sandinistas. Like, just talk to your brother. In Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah, it was only like an hour away. That yeah. area used to be Nicaragua like a uh, hundred years ago or so. Right, like right. That part of Costa Rica. But uh, there's a guy named Mike from Huntington Beach down there. Got Mike's uh, Langosta Surf Club. Really Langosta cool Langosta Lobsters? Um, Tamarindo there is like the, the main little town. It's really mellow little surf town. And then just out of the point, which is even mellower, is this little town community called Langosta. 
So he's got the a... line goes to the word for lobster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's got a really cool spot right there. And yeah. uh, he, he's a uh, minute man down at Safari Sam's back in the day. He's oh, the wow. Old Huntington Beach. Oh, that's Beach the guy. cat who flowed the invite. Yeah, so, so you got an open, open <laughs> invitation for a gig down there whenever you like. He was wow. totally stoked. So. Wow. What'd you chow? Uh, lots of ceviche. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, all kinds. Uh, Dorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, What's uh, the prices like? Uh, in Tamarindo, the prices were pretty much the same as here. Yeah. Uh, some places, beers would be like about, I think the cheapest were like 600 colonies. That would be like about, um, <coughs> let's see, it's 550, 570 colonies to a dollar. So like a dollar so, beer. So, yeah, but what most kind of places, uh, Imperial. Yeah, that was it's a local Costa Rica, Costa Rica beer. beer. Yeah, so we pounded <laughs> many, many. Mucha, muchas mucha cervezas. Cerveza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, Any lobster? Cause, um, you know, um, there's a few spots that I guess really got it and it's fresh, but uh, we didn't really go that route. You see a lot um, of surfers? Oh, man, all yeah, kinds. Yeah, because that's like, why I hear the good rep about Costa Rica. Yeah, Rico. that spot, Tamarindo, it's an endless summer, too. Robert August, uh, Wingnut, it, it, Robert August got a surf shop right there. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, an endless summer, too, that was like a great spot. And all these places within like, you know, half hour up, half hour down, world, world-class beaches great spots and you were setting off everywhere. in the yak right off the beach um right up from the the river mouth okay. on the north side of tamarind because i'm saying if they're surfing that means there's some waves yeah. and setting off in the yak with waves is kind of yeah that was a little bit more out but uh in the estuary it went back pretty far yeah and be uh, all sheltered and yeah calm. and i guess way back because of the tide and stuff there's like some salt lakes or salt flats back there that's the action for a lot of animals um, heading into that, so that was that was way back though. Um, but we went for hours. It was really cool. The mangroves, you can go like yakking in the mangroves. It was just like these, like big tree clubhouses yeah. leaning over the water. It was really cool. Wow. Any music? Um, didn't see any live music. Mostly just listening to reggae and, and uh, listened internet radio. No Costa Rica and bands. No, no. That area is there. I guess. Like Costa Rica had to kind of crack down because so many surfer guys were working in restaurants and, and stuff and taking a lot of the jobs yeah. from the locals. So I guess they had to crack down to just kind of give the locals priority as far as work goes. I guess there's still um, some bands that come in, local bands, uh, open mic things. But um, yeah, we didn't really what, do what the night What's the music style like? Um, Salsa or what? Um, well, where we were was mostly like surfers. You know, so it wasn't yeah, like, like really Gaijin a, foreigners, right? Re, yeah, I wonder mostly, what the indigenous, what the, the music scene there is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess Can you Costa to, Rica punk bands? Yeah, probably have to go more to San Jose, a um, big town. Yeah, because um, out where we were, it was mostly just uh, catering to the surf crowd coming Tourista. in from international. <laughs> yeah, it was really neat. It was like one paved road through Tamarindo, kind of, and and all kinds of hostels and surf shops and, and little smoothie shops and it was really mellow little little town even though that's like the hectic town Tamarindo um, it wasn't hectic you know by our standards here it was really <laughs> mellow you know but compared to other places it was it was uh, it was hectic because other places were so chill yeah yeah wow and where'd you conk? Samos Pad right there in Lingosa you got yeah. a righteous spot you that's where Twine's staying yeah got a pool there so when you come in from your travels, your your cruise for the day, just take a dive in the pool and then uh, chill in the hammock and kick it as righteous pad. <laughs> <laughs> Much needed. 
Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, so cool. it was a happening journey. Yeah, yeah, it was great. All right. Great trip. Another one in the bag. Yeah. Let's hear some music.
from Pedro Show. We started uh, that chunk of music out with uh, something from um, Department of Real Estate. This, they got a, there's a cat in that band named Keo Griffith. He gave me this thing. Came to a gig Wednesday. I played the Old Town Pub in Pasadena with Tom and Raul. Pretty intense kid. So you're gonna be. I didn't take my coat off. Yeah. <laughs> They opened up the wind on the side, though. But there's, like, no draft, you know, no flow. So if I stuck my head out the window a few times, you that the, well, the way that is, you know, it's in the back alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a strange place there. But a uh, good gig. And they got uh, less of a toy PA thing oh, going. Cool. And, yeah. So is that where you're going to be doing something each month, or that was Redwood? No, that's Redwood. Oh. But he was there at the gig, huh. Joe Redwood. Uh, he's got this new look, like... Uh, Marlon Brando and the Wild One, you know that hat? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a trip. I think he's from Dallas originally. He's a good guy. But uh, Keogh came and gave me this thing. I saw him a few days before at this. Did I talk about this trippy gig where we, they s- sat us on the deck in this pad with them? And they were, it was a four piece, and it was. Yeah, playing with little kitty toys and rolling around on the deck and, and dancing and kind of d- dancing or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, kind of theater, kind of improvised, avant-garde. And Keo was uh, one of the four. Toko Honda was one. Yeah, I was a trip. See her rolling around on the deck. <laughs> Whoa, what is this about? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know about this? This is a scene that uh, Nels is Nels is familiar with too. But uh, his brother Alex really uh, no beats hardly, and although he's a drummer, but yeah. it's, you know it's Joe Berardi's part of this too. He used to be in the Fibonacci's, yeah. and a lot of these cats are really good musicians, but they they don't you know they play kind of event driven, not mm. time driven pieces. You know, it's just it's I bet you they never played the same twice. I mean, you know, it's this kind of feel. No doubt. And uh, this band, he gave me Department of Real Estate, trippy band. I like it. And Tanline, that's for Tiff. She's pool, coming huh? next week, right? Hey, Tiff. But, uh, she's in the valley now. This lady was a sailor for eight years. <laughs> and, uh, now what she does, she inspects cement. Yes. Yeah, she inspects cement. Yeah. Work sites. They got a little sailor trip yesterday. Uh, they got yeah. these Coast Guard. I saw it. the buoy boats yeah, out yeah, there, a cutters yeah, the out there. Buoy tender, so um, they're giving free tours. So my nephew, my there. nephew digs okay. on the coasties. So that's where the Sanzania blew up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trip on the buoy tender though, because they had these huge. You know, you wonder how how the buoy stays in one place, right? Right. So, it's moored, yeah, right? Yeah, they had these big old eighty five hundred pound blocks of cement with a big old shackle on the top. So yeah, that's right. It's yeah, moored. It keeps it in place. And uh, good conch pads for the Sheikas. Yeah. I said, man, they must have. You know, I've been seeing a lot at the Angels Gate. Never used mm-hmm. to see them, these babies. And they, they must have been there with the firework. Oh, yeah. So there Freak was out. only eight of them today paddling. And uh, all piled on each other on one rock. I think they were freaked out. Uh, you know, loud noises on the animals must yeah. just trip them out. But I thought, you know, I paddled. Windy, I was telling you, it got pretty wet, even early. But I thought it was going to be all garbage. 
the harbor was kind of clean. I don't know why. Maybe because of because it was kind of churning, so maybe actually it was a little rougher inside than outside. Now you went out in wind, right? When was that? That was Friday. Friday. Yeah, it was Thursday. There was big windy wind early. on me. Yeah, it's been getting windy early. Did you get wet? Yeah. Especially when you're going against it, man. It's just mm-hmm. breaking over. Yeah, we're on the outside. Went out to the buoy. And it, Tuesday, it was, I was outside. Mm-hmm. Went to the buoy, and it it took 80 minutes to get out there. Wow. 20 minutes to get back. Wow. The current was so uh-huh. strong. It was wind, but there was also a strong-ass current. If you just, like, calm down on the paddling, you'd start carrying. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll just go pump it and yeah. then stop and just see how much you start drifting. Yeah, big time. It was, it was taking me, you know, east. Mm. You know, so what was the, I thought was a straight line to the buoy ended up being this big parabolic <laughs> curve. Uh, but, yeah, this poor... Also, right in uh, the Angel's Gate, Aluka... Uh, this dolphin oh, some fins and inside, stuff huh? but clown coming in you know the I don't know uh, we amateur recruit. yeah the boaters uh, uh, just jamming in there in fact you know what there was a cat going out with one of these big like hot rod motor in the back boats uh, you know like a V8 uh, you know and he was jamming on it inside the harbor and the port police the sirens awesome. came on just like on the freeway the blue lights yeah that was incredible just the number of cops out there yesterday that was a lot yesterday yeah. but there was one guy cruising around and he pulled this guy over like it was the freeway uh-huh. that's dangerous and they, they're not the smartest guys these yeah. guys don't do it a lot they're not like the fishermen they got more dollars than cents <laughs> you can buy their big toys but uh, they don't yeah that and uh, jet ski yeah that's amateur rock big time his cat had two of his kids. He was hanging on the back of his two little kids. I mean, little ones, like five, six. You get a hardcore drunk driving ticket, too. Probably. Probably. I bet you there are a lot of drunk boaters. Those baseball players. Uh-huh. Get the heads knocked off. Yeah. In Ohio. Uh, anyway, still righteous battle. Mm-hmm. But it's windy for July. So we want to get to our guest here, Miss Kim White. Uh, your music journey you've been in the racket a while but not lately now you're chow right whenever you see actors eating on camera I prepare the food for them which is I don't know it's kind of weird interesting special how'd you get into that because Um, like I said you're you're from music that's how I know you yeah how did I get into it I just I was I did music for about I don't know 18 years yeah well, how'd you get into that? And how'd I get into that? Yeah. I um, that in moved, New York. Yeah, I moved to New York to work for a label called Celluloid Records, yeah. which Bill Laswell yeah. was a major mm-hmm. part of. And um, I have the last poet, Celluloid. The last poets, B side, Grand Mixer, DST, Africa Bambata, John Lydon, Time Zone, World Destruction. Yeah. Um, and they also did a lot of the African, Tori Kunda, Fela Kuti. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things that I worked on... Well, how'd you get working there? You got an invite? How did I end up working there? Um, the Rhythm Lounge was a club in L.A. Yeah. That my friend Solomon owned and operated. And uh, whenever they would bring the rappers in from New York and stuff, they would come to the Rhythm Lounge. And so through there, I met um, B-Side... He was a French rapper who um, had a thing with Fat Five Freddy called Jean Chabit. Mm-hmm. 
And she was married to a man named Bernard Zekri, and Bernard was um, the chief operator at the label. Okay. And Bernard had asked me to put together a band, a live band for Anne-Marie, which is funny, because the band I put together for her in 1984 was just a bunch of kids. And today, you know, Steve Fishman, who oh. plays with, you know, yeah. everybody... John Shanks, who's won a few Grammys, works with Melissa Etheridge and Cheryl Crow and all these people. He's driving a Bentley now. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, oh God, now I'm forgetting who they are. But everybody who was in that little tiny band is somebody big now. Um, so it's a springboard. Yeah, I. I guess you know. We put together a good little band. So you band. put together a band, they said, come work the label. Uh, yeah, and then he said, um, well, he wanted to, he was always a writer. He went back to France, and he started working for a magazine called Actuel, which was, um, you know, journalistic, revolutionary, kind of yeah. really interesting. And so he said, do you want to come to New York and take over, you know, where I left off? And I said, sure. So he said, can you be there in three weeks? I said, yeah. Wow. And I was, I was like 21. Where'd you live? 22. Manhattan? I moved in, I sublet Fat Five Freddy's old apartment on 110th and Broadway in Spanish Harlem. Yeah. First time I ever saw a cockroach. <laughs> then I moved to Queens, the story of Queens. And I pretty much lived in the, I never lived in the city. I didn't like living in the city. Yeah. I loved having a neighborhood to go home to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um, story of Queens was a great neighborhood. So how long were you there at the celluloid? I stayed there for um, two years, two and a half years. My paycheck started bouncing. And that's when I went to work for their lawyers, which we talked about earlier, the ones whose brother was president Costa Rica. and the drug cartel and that whole drama. And then, um, then I went, after that, got a job at EMI where the Red Hot Chili Peppers were, um, had it put out, one or two records Andy Gill by that time yeah and when I got to EMI everybody at the label was like oh we have this band they're disgusting like if they if you let them in your office don't let them sit on your couch if you shake hands with them wash your hands immediately so I was like okay and I never told them that I knew them from LA you know I was like okay 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 and then they flew me out to LA to meet the band, and uh, it was so funny. I went to Lindy's house. Yeah, the manager. And, um, the guys came in, and they were like, this is Kim. She's going to be in charge of your career at EMI. And they were like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, good, how are you guys? And Lindy's like, do you guys know each other? And we went, mm-hmm. But, that, you know, we never, ever, ever talked about the past stuff which was great. So we had a good working relationship, and the rest is history there. They went gold. They left EMI. Record. And they, well, and I left EMI after that, too. We yeah. all left. I went to Geffen. They went to Warner Brothers. So Geffen was the next stop after EMI. Geffen was the next on the Whistle Stop tour. And when's that? I, That's before Sonics? That was just before Sonics, yeah. Um, in fact, I think Kate's had just brought them to the label. Okay. Um, cause, and then DGC started 
and then Sonic's brought Nirvana. Right. Which a lot of people will tell you they sign Nirvana, but <laughs> Kim and Thurston would be like, hey, these are our friends. We really like them. Yeah, I toured with them. Yeah. Dinosaur. <laughs> I saw, me and Raymond went and saw them open up for Dinosaur at the Palladium. And they did a wiper song. Oh. Dimension 7. I'm really into the wipers right now. Yeah. Like I'm having a huge. Yeah, I really like the first three albums. Rebirth. Greg Sage, incredible. Mm-hmm. Portland. A much different Portland in those days. Definitely. They were the only band from there. One place to play. It's so much different now. I was just, I did a gig there last month. It's kind of fancy. Yeah. A lot of young people, it's a kind of Silver Lake. Yeah. Maybe 10 years ago, people just started moving. Maybe that was more than 10. 15 years ago when people started moving. That's what this is, all these young people moving there. A lot of clubs opened up. I mean, the first time I went to Portland, it was pretty scary. Yeah, especially where you play the Satyricon. Uh-huh. I think the cat's name was George. And what I think was he was a Greek one? guy, but uh, he looked like Carlos Santana. Was the other one Luna? La Luna? A little later. Yeah. Yeah, I played there and it turned into, changed the name to Pine Street Theater. The monkey people. <laughs> monkey presents with a Q. You know, monkey. Oh, Monkey. Yeah. yeah, which is a Canadian promoter. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, they're Canadian. I've worked for them for so long and I, yeah. I never, don't really know them that well. Uh huh. But they're not Live Nation. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so the Wipers. Yeah, Wipers, those first three albums. But I remember uh, Nirvana doing that. You know, uh, Chris Novoselic, the first years here in Pedro. Pedro. What? Yeah, until he was 12, I guess he moved. I didn't know that. Yeah, Pedro. Mm-hmm. He's got family here. There's Novoselic is still here. Excellent. He comes and visits. and uh, But he lives in, has like a little collective. He's got his family on some farm in the southern Washington kind of rural mm-hmm. um, so uh, after the Geffen thing so you're uh, what, what was it like being a label person um it was really fun I'm not gonna lie I mean you I don't have had, to lie on this show <laughs> no I know but a lot of people go Shut oh it was so hard but you know I mean it was hard but I had such a good expense account that I have to like say nobody ever said what is this what was this they were just throwing money around like nobody ever said stop you're spending too much you know so and we're charging the bands back for it I god you know I didn't really fully understand that till I got into neither did the bands yeah it's like oh Oh, they're taking us out to chow no you're taking dollar dinner you're taking your A&R man out for chow basically yeah someone bought me a lot of sushi (laughs) but uh no I had a really good time I mean um one of the main bands I worked with when I was at Geffen was Susie and the Banshees yeah the old days in England yeah and we're still friends She's still, she still playing. She is still playing. Severin is still with doing that bass player because he stuck with her that whole time, right? You wait. What do you mean? Didn't he have the from the first band? She's oh yes. Well, Severin, Severin. Budgie, and Susie were Budgie the, drummer. They were the core members, right? Yeah. 
And Severin's doing a lot of really cool stuff right now. He, Does he still play with her, though? No. Oh, okay. Um, he's doing. He's totally into his whole thing where he's doing music for silent movies. So he did um, Anton Artaud, The Clergyman in the Seashell, and he'll go into a venue and he'll rewrite music for it and he'll put it up on the screen and he and his partner will play the music live, but he kind of has like a mad professor vibe with the candelabra and it's... Nels did one of those with Carla, maybe a month ago. Oh, really? And you know who else does that? Roger Miller's got a little unit that... Does music for, for silence? silent movies, yeah. Wow. It's a thing. little three-piece orchestra. Yeah, and it's kind of, you're interpreting as you're watching it. Bob saw it, remember? He was oh, yeah, telling us about yeah. it. He said it was incredible. They had little notes and they had really prepared and worked at it. I mean, Severin's always kept busy, you know, yeah, outside of the Yeah, a great musician. You know, and and Budgie really was a, a cat who played on a lot of people's records. Yeah, he's great playing drummer. with a girl now, Jesse Evans. Do you know Jesse? Wow. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, how do I know her? Do I do some gigs? You probably did. I mean, she, she, I think is based in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe the road boss, the tour boss for Stooges, Henry something to do with her okay but I thought the drummer was that he's got a fake name but Budgie. it was Jimmy <laughs> no not Budgie, Budgie. this guy named uh, Toby Dammit yeah yeah Toby she Dammit plays with him too that's yeah. the stage name that ain't his real <laughs> no, name no, though, no. But that's that my cat, cat's name he played with uh, God who did he play with maybe Egg or something he played with I can't you know what he's played with a lot of I didn't of cats. do my research but you my Alzheimer's <laughs> kicking in but Google him he's a, he's a, yeah he's a, he's a good cat you know what they opened for the Stooges a couple of games they did and you know Jesse has a like a very well early Susie vibe yeah 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 you know and I think her style is more like the creatures tribal ish right real minimal though it's just very her and the minimal. drummer yeah it's super cool. Well, yeah. She played some sax. Exactly. That was happening. So I like that. Okay, so what's Susie doing now? She is um, doing her own material, and she's still playing live, and I haven't talked to her. It's been a while. Okay. I'd say but the good thing about working at the labels was working with artists like that. Yeah, I mean, I made a lot of friends for life, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people... What about corporate culture? Couldn't stand it. Yeah. You know, okay. I really couldn't stand it. That was the hard part about it. Yeah. I mean, the mentality at a lot of those labels was, you know, you really had to fight your way within the corporate structure. And their theory was, if you can't fight your way inside the corporate structure, how are you going to fight your way out on the street when you're competing with other labels yeah. and other artists? So they would actually you know, kind of get off on pitting you against each other in your departments, you know? And, I mean... Cubicle politics. It is. And for me to have to work against, you know, Cato and Rosie... Yeah. ...was weird, you know? Like, because yeah, I was, yeah. at that point, when we split, I was Geffen, they were DGC, and we were competing for the same spots and the same budgets and the same everything, you know? Yeah. It, it was pretty frustrating. And so um, I got out. Right. 
and started working with bands. And I directly. started managing the Screaming Trees. That was the first one, and, and I took them on their first two tours with Firehose. They had two fat guys. Like, not, I lo- I not like fat, bands. quite large. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mean fat bad because D. Boone, you know. They remind me of D. Boone. Uh, they're big man, and they played very passionately, and they had great singer. He was kind of big at the at first, too, but the brothers, yeah, Connor brothers, were huge, but well, great, well, great like players. Six, two, yeah, and he had kind eight, of a gut in those at well, the first. Gut, yeah. They had a, it was trippy, they had a boat, a van. <laughs> and uh, they just put this couch in the back. It wasn't even bolted down or anything. <laughs> yeah, it was just in there, and the thing rolled over in Florida. And Mark got really hurt. They were a great band, though. I I, I really liked them. Dan's one of my favorite they were an SST players of all time. Yeah, he's got a band now called Vallis. Yes, he does. I don't know what Jerry, uh, Gary Lee's doing. You know what? Neither do they. Is this Seriously. He, upstate New York he or moved something? to Texas with now Dr. Texas. Janet. Remember Dr. Right, Dan? Right, right, And um, Van said he has kids, but they don't know, like, no one's heard from him. Wow. It's been years. He, he wrote all the songs. I'm perpetrating this right now. But he wrote all the songs. Gary Lee was the man. Yeah, well, he was the psychedelic influence yeah. on that band. But a big thing of him was Mark's voice. Yeah. Wow. Mark has a Went through voice. a few drummers, had a Mark pickerel. Well, yeah. He left early. And Barrett. Barrett later. Who, but, and then another guy after that, too. But uh, Mark Pickerel was the guy when I took him on tour. And he ended up making his own bands. I think he's got a band called Truly now. He, no, he's got a... Oh, another one? My Alzheimer's kicking in now. <laughs> and he, I think he did he have a band see- called Truly, but now he's back in Ellensburg. He's got oh, really? he a record store. Yeah, that's where they were from. he's a project that he's working on right now. And Ellensburg, a little town by Yakima in the... Central Eastern part Radio of Washington. Capital of Eastern Washington. Yeah. Well, actually. Not too far from Hanford. Yeah. The nightmare. Funny. Not too far from Columbia River either. It's a very strange place. Yeah. Anybody who's ever been to the Tri Cities? Yeah, and it's it's not Seattle. Kennewick. I've well, I've driven through, <laughs> and I've I've actually played Ellensburg, and I've played Yakima. I did a gig with Screaming Trees, Firehose, and Slavonly. Yakima, the Palm Springs of the North. Well, that whole thing, when you get east of the Cascades, it turns into desert. Yeah. People doesn't realize it. Same with Oregon. There's rain shadow. So it's not all fir trees. No, once you get over those mountains, it's just, you know, up to Idaho, that prairie of Idaho. It's, just, it's, it's like Mojave North. It's just totally empty. There's no trees. <coughs> it's kind of neat. Have it's you talked like, to Barrett? Yeah, you brought him to oh, a gig. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah, he's doing great. Now, he was living in New Mexico for a while after Seattle. He got his degree in cultural anthropology. Right, and he became a Zen priest. Yeah. But he's still doing the music, drumming. Great drummer. He's a total jazz dude now. Yeah, that's what the record he gave me. Yeah, I, I got, liked it. I got some. I'll, we'll play some. Debut that shit. Yeah, we got a few minutes to... Okay. Let's see how much time for the dead air. But um, a little dead air is okay. <laughs> they fill it up with the motorcycles. <laughs> Shit riding, riding by. So how did you meet the Screaming Trees? Um, I, I, they were my favorite band. Oh, just by the and records, the SST gigs, records. You know, yeah. Because that's how I found out about them from the SST. They said, "Why, why don't you take these guys on tour?" And here, here, listen to the 
in those days cassettes still yeah. right? so I listened to the cassette it was mixed really strange but yeah, such it, great songs and I said sure and then time. I saw the picture with the two big guys it was like yeah man this is great and the way Gary Lee would like get on the deck and roll around he would he was a Townsend's man. with his arms he would do like you know um, rock neck with his hair going around <laughs> in circles and and windmills with the arm like Townsend and rolling around on the floor <laughs> like for and playing guys. yeah you know, like, wailing on it Changes Come was one of my favorite songs by then oh yeah that, um, I think it was a 7 inch it did have like a 60s thing but they were not old guys they were young guys but Gary Lee must have listened to a lot of 60s records at uh, Orange Airplane yeah do you know okay. Orange Airplane <laughs> off of Clairvoyance Clairvoyance, yeah. that's the album. That's that the first the, one I heard. Very first. That was, um, who did that? I don't know, it's mixed really strange. Every song is different. The snare drum's like in, you know, in the hallway. I don't want to credit Steve Fisk, but... It's really strange, but the songs... You might have done that. The songs are so fucking happening. When they, when they played those things live, that band was smoking. I wish and I And they had a guy named Rod. Rod Doak. Rod Doak was the... Mixer man and like kind of road man. Yeah. And uh, what's he doing now? I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows where Rod Doak is. Wow, Rod. Because he was like the fifth guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was it was righteous touring with them. They I'm never they never whined. They played their hearts out every night. They were great, And got in fights man. every night. Um, well, between themselves. They never fought with us. They were no, sweethearts. But there was a lot of tension in the band, I know. And Mark, Mark just brought tension with him wherever he went. I mean, he but would... you know, in the way, he seemed like a very quiet guy, but in, inside the band, I know that they told me. A lot of trouble. Great singer, man. What a voice. Unbelievable. What a voice. And Gary Lee just wrote him the greatest things. But Mar- it wasn't Mark's style, I think, at the end of the Whatever day. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was more into when they signed the big label. The records weren't as good as those other ones, even though they sounded better. The well, tunes were the, as you know, we brought Don Fleming and John and Yellow right. in on that one, and I think Don was a great producer for them because he really he made Mark relax. Do you know what I mean? Don's so groovy. Yeah, yeah. Where him like leading the whole, you know, him being behind the helm and the producer, or whatever. Cause Anybody else would have walked in there and said they were the producer, like Mark would have hated them immediately, I think, you know? But for Don to come in there and just be like, Don. Yeah. How, you know? How He's a great you? cat. It was good. Here, we'll talk some more because it's in the first hour. July 5th, 2009, Watt for Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. June 5th, 2009, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
just want to ask you, when you do all these things, you play with your, play the guitar with your, with your teeth, mm. uh, is that by inspiration only? You know, if I feel like putting the guitar down, it's definitely, you know, I'll do it if I feel like it, you know. Have you done that? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we go to, you know, we, you know, there's so many different things we do, and nothing is never the same each night, even if it's a bad night or a good night, it's, everything's always different, because it's more improvised, you know, we're almost, almost like a free, free feeling, you know, free mm -hmm. feeling, and everything we do, like playing with our teeth or with our elbows and all that, it's just like a, because we feel like it right that particular moment. Um, you are um, supposed to be something very new and very fresh in pop business. Um, how do you feel about that yourself? Um, there's so many different outlets, you know, we have so many different things. Like, hey, Jules, there's one little, about 100, you know, of our feelings. We like it, that's why we recorded it, you know. But we have so many different other uh, sounds, you know, mm. that we have been we just barely begun. Mitch Mitchell. So what was it like in recording the first Hendrix album? I mean, the sound uh, of the drums. Real it? simple. I mean, we were in a little studio in London. I think it was like, yeah, I think it's four track. Uh, and it was done very quickly. A lot of the stuff is first takes. A lot of the stuff is first takes. Was it? The same as with every other band at that point, you know. Fire was just... Yeah, I mean, we, we had a thing with... Uh, Chas Chandler was managing us and producing us for the first album, album and a half. And he never let us really get over the fact that House of the Rising Sun was like produced for $10 or something. And so there was no reason why we should spend any more time or and or money in the studio than you know they ever did, which was not really the way that uh, we were trying to look towards things at that point. Um, I mean, Jimmy liked to spend time in the studio and experiment to find out what could be done. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like at that point you couldn't, uh, you know, press a button and have instant phasing or flanging. You know, you had to rig up another tape machine and all kinds of shit, you know. But that was half the fun of it. Uh, and of course, you know, as you make more money, it's cost us more and more time, you know, more and more so, in the studios. I mean, do you remember how much it cost to make the first record? Uh, no, no, I, I don't, but I'd say no more than probably a thousand dollars. I mean, you know, it was done very, very quickly. Because we were working all the time, you know, probably like, like Mac with, with the faces, you know, and literally within the first two weeks, we had two weeks rehearsal and went out uh, and did a tour in France with Johnny Halliday. So yeah, we were just constantly on the road, which was, you know, it's good in some ways. Mm -hmm. So then the, the first album was basically the, the set you haven't played live? Uh, no, we didn't even have time to go out and really try it on the road. It was fitting in sessions between, uh, you know, between your touring. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we never even, I don't think we even played on stage. You know, you just played in the studio once.
I'm a real gone teenage beatnik. I'm a beatnik and I'm really hip. I love to smile with a droopy lip. I play the bongos, I don't drive a jack. I don't dig squares, man, they're a drag. I don't dig squares, man, they're a drag. I don't dig the classes in the school. I flip when I hear Frankie singing cool. Don't give me records lest they're stereo. I call my girlfriend's father daddy o I don't dig squares, man, they're a terrifying drag. I like to charge in Bermuda shorts. I don't dig ivy clothes, they're too neat. I dig a t-shirt when it's really big. I look rather like Fabian, but I don't brag. I don't dig squares, man, they are a drag. Squares, man, they just don't understand me. Watt from Pedro Show started the second hour off with uh, Untitled First Movement by Stefano Palia. In November, I'm going to go to Italy and do five gigs with Stefano. Oh, neat. And a drummer friend of his named Andrea. And then we're, we're going to make an album. Uh, he's a great cat I met from. Uh, Second Man Tour of Second Opera did like six Italian gigs in 2004 and he wrote along with us lives in Bologna an uh, avant-garde musician great cat originally from Genoa he comes over here and plays in U.S. too he knows some uh, the Providence and uh, New York scenes that kind of music he's a he's a, he actually righteous cat can't wait to do that project. And we heard uh, Jimi Hendrix and Mitch Mitchell speaking, not together, two separate <laughs> things, but uh, talk about the band and uh, musics, you know, interesting perspectives. Thousand yeah. dollars for our experience. Rest in peace, Connell. Yeah, of course. Beautiful musicians. Then we heard a friend of me and Kim's. You'd like him too, brother man. Jim Brown with his new bu- band, The Halloys. In a tune called Lakeland, which you, you read me the uh, the lyrics. It's from the the album's called Art Wars, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I was nothing. Did you hear that? Yeah. The leash. Your own Ray t- gun. You're getting tugged. Yeah, your own <laughs> Ray gun. I was nothing. Then I was nowhere. Now I'm now here. I am Lakeland. I've come to talk to everything. My old friend from the beginning, I send the Halloys. I send the Halloys. I send the Halloys. When you're willing, I'll call your name. And and your lose becomes your gain. It's probably loss, but there's an E there. It's typo. Yeah. 
I've done that. I look at old Minuteman records, there's fuck up words. Somewhere there's white out, and I just wrote in the letter. Yeah. One, one time I whited out a place and I forgot to write something. <laughs> On punchline? Yeah. Yeah, what song was it? Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, to continue. All your loss becomes your gain. Now is gold. Shift your weight. Unfold the making of a new landscape. I send the halloys. I send the halloys. I send the halloys. Yeah. Jim Brown uh, played many years with his brother as Bluebird. And now as Halloys. So that was great. And then we heard Louie Nye doing Teenage Beatnik. Now, Louie Nye was a comedian guy from uh, 50s, 60s, and uh, ended up as a judge on the Gong Show. Right on. But that, he had this weird character he developed. Hi-ho, Steve-o. There, there was another song he did, because he was a sidekick on the Steve Allen show. Oh, yeah. Steve Allen played the mm. piano and claimed to have written 10,000 songs or something. Raymond's got a joke about that. Hey, did you see that thing in the LA Weekly on page 51? It's a big Levi ad and it's totally done in Raymond style. Even no. his, uh-uh. his, maybe Raymond did it. I don't know. It's wanted, it's like a want ad about uh, a creative writer with long publishing future. It's uh-huh. like for the Declaration it and independent had it right next to it. I don't, I don't know what it was. Is it a joke, a Is parody? It this week? Yeah. Oh, I'll check it out. Because uh, Bob Stars floated me a thing on it, and then I checked it out. At Mr. Kim's uh, liquor store here had LA Week, and I looked it's on page 51. Tom Watson, too, floated to me. What's this about? So I called Raymond, uh, left a message, and I haven't talked to him kind of controversy what do you do something merch like that is it a real Levi ad maybe it's a fake one maybe it's a put on I don't know maybe some dude fake Raymond mm. I don't know it's a mystery there's a one dude's kind of like got the imitation um, uh, Gordon uh, Wisdom yeah it's like uh, it got a commercial I thought it, I thought it was Wisdom but well, it there's was a cat not. named Robert Williams you know famous painter and there's a guy named Coop and his style is kind of close. Yeah, you know who I'm talking I, about? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's just a coincidence? or I don't know, but it's not like music where if you copyright something. I mean, with art, can you say you're jacking my style? or? or I know with the writing, it's got to be a If you do it with books, it's got to be a parody or a satire. Mm-hmm. Like, so like... With Duchamp with the mustache on the Mona Lisa, you know. Right. It's kind of copying, but adding to it. Because somebody, there was supposed to be a sequel to uh, Catcher in the Rye, and that, that, that cat who tried to bring it out got sued, and it's stopped because there was enough, it was too much imitation and not enough satire and parody or something like this. I don't know. Let's get back to your music journey. So you just liked uh, Screaming Trees, you heard the record, and so you called them up, said, no, I went to a bunch of their shows, and we became friends, and then um, I was up in Seattle. Oh, so you had moved? No, I, mean, I was just visiting, and then Mark said... But were you still living in New York? Have you? Did you oh, come yeah, back I, to SoCal yet? Yeah, when I was at Geffen, I came back. Yeah. So that was like um, Lincoln's birthday in 1990. <laughs> wow. I remember. Yeah. Damn. 
How do you forget Lincoln's birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I think they lump it together now. It's President's Day, right? Yeah, it's also Bill Laswell's birthday. Ah. Somehow, I just. I don't so know you're why. in South SoCal. You make a visit. You're living here, and then you make a visit to Seattle. Yeah, and Mark said, um, "Come over. I want to talk to you about something." And you know, he's like, basically, you're you're managing the banshees in the U.S. anyway. I mean, you're doing everything you're doing with your artists, like what you did with the Chili Peppers. You were sort of managing, like, and I just want you to manage us. Well, you were like a liaison with the label. Yeah, I was I was liaison with the label, um, with the booking agents, yeah. with the, you know, the promoters, with the radio stations, I mean, kind of, and with the manager, well, in their case, the manager, it was all in Europe, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was kind of scary. He said, will you manage us? And I was like, oh, I don't know, I guess so. And he's like, well, then you need to say it out loud. And I said, say what? And he said, I yes. am the manager of the Screaming Trees. <laughs> and I was like, I can't say it. And he's like, well, then you're not our manager. You have to say it out loud. So yeah. I was like, okay, I am the manager of the Screaming Trees. And I, I knew at that point, I'm like, oh, I'm fucked now. Were they SST? <laughs> By that time, they were epic. They had okay. already done Uncle Anesthesia. Okay. And, so how did they get... Do you know how they got that epic thing? Guy was just... Bob Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer just going to the gigs and say, hey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pfeiffer had a band called Human Switchboard? He did, indeed. Yeah. I think he's in jail now. Why? Um, Anthony Pelicano. Remember? Yeah, wiretap. So, yeah, Bob was wiretapping everybody when he was at Hollywood Records. And using Anthony Pelicano to, like, follow his wife around and follow, you know. Wow. He, he did some bad stuff. And, uh... The five. He broke down like a little baby on the stand, started to cry. Yeah. Said if he went to jail that he would kill himself first. And, um, wow. Anyway, so, yeah, he, I think he's serving two years. He got off right. Some deal. Maybe. But anyway... Pelicano didn't. No. <laughs> but he was, he was like, hard-charging. He wasn't going to make a deal. Uh-uh. Yeah. And Bob cried. But anyway, so... Um, yeah, so I started working with Bob. Um, and then we made Sweet Oblivion. Yeah. And, like, they toured with Spin Doctors. Well, first tour we did was with Luna. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was a great tour. And I cannot, um, I think Dean was talking about some of the crazy things that happened on that tour, which I He was from Galaxy 500. About. Yeah, Galaxy 500. Boston. I love Galaxy 500. And, uh, but then it was Spin Doctors. I mean, remember it was like well, some merch. Spin Doctors was after they um, fired me and hired Metallica's management team. That's Which why. was the end. Because yeah. they had the connections. Because we always did cool tours, you know? Yeah, right. I thought, I don't know if I was such a good manager, but it's nice to hear, like, in hindsight, um, Barrett and Van said, you were the only one that ever got us town cars. <laughs> you were the only one that was nice to The important us. stuff. <laughs> <coughs> well, 
He's like, we always had the most fun with you, you know. We had good tours. We always went to good restaurants. You always introduced us to interesting people. And then when we went for the corporate management thing, it was sort of the beginning of the end of the band, which you hear a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's not the big surprise story. Yeah, it's not like... <laughs> oh my God, surprise. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> it's almost like it's de rigor. You know, it's almost like inevitable. I hate to say Par that. Par for the course. On the menu. Well, when you're a band, you know, I don't know, there's just, when you're sensitive people like that and you get thrust into, I think, this world of insensitivity, uh-huh. it's got to really grate on you. You have to be strong. So you got into child. I did. I went from one industry that satiates to another, <laughs> as they say. Is it kind of the same? Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's funny when I is it like food rock stars, food stars, chef um, stars? I don't know, but somebody said, you know, it's funny. You pick the two industries that have the highest rate of drug addiction. <laughs> like, really, the more, food people are drug addicts. Yeah, I guess so. Like restaurant biz parties. Yeah, drunks and whatever. Yeah. And whatever, but um. Probably stimulants keep it going in the kitchen. Yeah, so I've heard stories. Never seen it. Well, but some things are different. Yeah, it's a lot different. Um, I just really wanted to become a fan of music again. You know, I was really losing that. Yeah, because Um, you were part of the machine. I was part of the machine. I mean, one of the really, really fun things that I did was book the Viper Room during its, you know, quote-unquote heyday. I mean, we... Sal, what's he doing? Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. I don't know. Um... But we would sit in that office and we'd go, let's get Adam and the Ants back together, you know? And so we'd start making calls to London and then we'd come to L.A. We got Adam and the Ants reunited. He's still in a mental someone. institution. Oh, and, you know, Severin, I talked to him about that, and he, you know, because they're friends growing up, and he said he'll be in a mental institution for the rest of his life. Like, he's so far gone, you know, it's, it's I remember not Darby came back from England and told everybody that was going to be the next big punk band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew about him, and then we saw this guy, you know, dressed as an Indian kind of, because Darby dressed like an Indian. An Indian pirate. Yeah, Indian pirate. And, but swishing his hips around and all, it was like, oh, oh. it was great. I remember the Black Flag guys okay. got really, Greg especially was like, oh my God, this is terrible, and they came up with stickers. Black flag kills ants. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> right. That was amazing. I thought they were like, you know, harmless. I wasn't going to waste any energy being negative on to come out. It's the new wave, you know. Malcolm Cut, McLaren. And, uh, yeah, that's right. He had something to do yeah, with it. Yeah, he did. And but it was kind of part of new romantic. Yeah. People were bored with punk, so they had to take it. But it was like, um, I think, more, also a vehicle for Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren. Which was know. his music was always about. Yeah. Some side thing to push. But, you know. There's that movie with uh, the Sex Pistol guys that are alive. Filth and Fury? Oh, oh yeah, is that I've the seen Lich? it. I'm Malcolm. Yeah, they don't like him. They don't like him. I just watched, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. What a cute movie. Have you seen it? 
Is it about the Arstains, the UCLA ones? No, it's um, Diane Lane, but Steve Jones is in it, and oh. Paul Simonon is in it. Because the Stains was great. <laughs> I heard they were playing. One of them just died. Maybe Jesse. But Robert, I heard they did some gigs. Actually, an early version of them was uh, with uh, Gerardo, Nervous Gender. Oh, yeah. He was from that scene. I never knew that in those days. And Josie. That was one of the most intense bands ever. <laughs> I heard that Edward was doing some gigs. I like Gerardo. He, he he's not. Trip. He's not around. No, he's gone. He was an artist kind of guy, but very trippy music uh, adversary. Yeah, you know, in your face. But to talk to him after the gigs, you know, I didn't know any of those punk people. Yeah, I know. A lot of those punk guys were like that. It was like, wow, Uh, it was a trip. Do you think most people are like that? Like you get your. I mean, I find a lot of artists, you know, will get their aggression out on stage or you know whatever it is, and then when you talk to them, you're like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't believe it. You know, this guy. Jesus was just like me, another cocksucker from Galilee, <laughs> homosexual nymphoma. I mean, screaming this, and you're all and then bent up and stuff. And then he'd be the nicest, sweet. <laughs> and would trip me out. You know, I'd drive up from Pedro. I didn't know any of these guys as real people. <laughs> but they actually were real dudes that were kind of outside people, and they wanted to get it on on stage, man. And But these cats actually grew up with those stained guys. Staying, Robert, you know, that Craig Ginn picked up a lot of his lead guitar from him. Great, great musician. Good band. But what's this movie, ladies and gentlemen, The Stains? The Fabulous Stains, yeah. Steve Jones in it. Steve I was Jones. on his show. Remember Black his? Randy's in it. Wow. Yeah. So it's an older thing, because yeah, he's not with us either. Yeah, 82, I think. Oh, Steve wasn't in too good health. Then. He looks good in the movie. Yeah, well, he was a younger man, but... I was on his radio show. He's a great guy, man. He is. Great guy. I miss his show. I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah, of all that big radio, jock or whatever. He was a little oasis. He was nothing. Like, he was so fun. I would have to do spiels with these guys. Hey, hi. You know, it was like, gee, jive, brother. Brother Matt worked with Merch Radio. It wasn't fun. Took all the fun out of it. What, where were you? Um, well, first I worked at KMET. And then KXLU, and those two places were really loose and really fun. And then um, I worked at K Rock and K Earth and um, KNEC and some satellite yeah, radio stills, which was the satellite radio even made it more refined. You couldn't even say what time it was because you're in different time zones. You can't say the weather. <laughs> it's 15 minutes after the hour. Um, just reading off cards. Coming up next, weather and traffic. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> you do that really well, that he had the blue shift on KXLU for a lot of years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was fun. He went and to I Loyola Marymount. Um, reunion or whatever. Oh, really? For yeah. one day. Wow. I don't know when it is. I kind of want to find out because they got um, Paraquat Kelly yeah. and they got oh, yeah. Steve. Uh, what are their names? Ace Young's the Jim one that Ladd. called me Brother Matt originally. Really? Yeah, that's where Brother Matt started from. KMT. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he's but anyway, we're going to do one day, 94.7. Wow. That's yeah, a, that was the frequency. People. They had the Paraquat Lounge, which was a room that had, <laughs> it wasn't on the blueprints, and there was a door on every wall, 
there's just a big glass table in the middle. <gasps> so you could like come in, go out. If they're chasing, you could just run. It was really a, a neat little place <laughs> right in the middle of, of the whole floor. <laughs> you know, not to digress, but um, my boss, when I was at Geffen, used to run Casablanca Records in the 70s. Bogart. And he had a promo pillow that was a giant satin quaalude. And it said Roar yeah. 714 <laughs> on it. And, it, you know, it was a good foot and a half wide. And, you know, I wanted that pillow. So, I mean, can you imagine, like, a record company making, like, giant quaaludes <laughs> promo pillows to hand out to people Those today? Those days. And, I mean, he said, you know, we did. We had big jars of quaaludes when you'd walk into the um, office. You know, people could just reach in, take one if they wanted. There's the last poet's Casablanca record. There is, indeed. Beyond the... Oh, no, the, uh, the Garden of Unearthly Delights. And it's got a... Op like, one side is an opera called Beyonder. Beyonder, Be yeah. Beyonder. And Celluloid re-released it. Oh, really? Yeah. Bernard Purdy, I think, does all the drums on there. He does. And then they had some cat play guitar and bass named Man. Like, no one knew he was. He's like a homeless guy. He plays great. And wow. No one knew what happened to him. And It's the trippiest... It's, it's way different. It's like, a, you know, beyond it's still the voices, but it's got a band kicking with him. But it's beyond the... Yeah. Beyond it, the basic plot of that opera is the gin, right? Bad people are trying to make a robot to kill God. And gets up there, and he's about to get him with his fingertip laser, and that's when you uh, hear uh, Gabriel's horn, you know, it's all over. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's last a, poets are deep. Yeah, and the blessed are those that struggle is on that record. I haven't heard those songs in so long. That, that's a wild record, but a Casablanca last poets <laughs> record is like so insane. Uh, I think the first album was a Johnny Carson wow. best of and then they went on to Kiss and uh, Donna, Donna Summer, Summer and Parliament, fr Funkadelic. It was quite a collection. Yeah, Neil Bogart. And then he died young. Cancer? Cancer, right. Died young, like in his 30s, I think. Wow. That was a digression. So what's this movie with Steve Jones? What's it about? Like a fake band? Oh, yeah. It's, um... Oh, and you know who else is in it? Fee Waybill's in it. Oh. <laughs> That was a great band. Yeah, the, the tubes. tubes. What do you want from yeah, life? White wow. punks on dope. On dope. <laughs> yeah. So it's Mondo bondage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the motorcycle and the leather mask, and I mean they were a crazy band, but it just went. Shh. Well, you just need that to watch it. That was a great band. I think they were from Arizona originally, and they were called the Beans. And then they went to San Francisco. <laughs> from Arizona, the Beans. Yeah, and then they went to. Or something like that. That's kind of funny. And then they went to San Francisco and it turned into this great, wild band. Well, the Stains, you know, Diane Lane is a disenfranchised. He was Quaalude. Yeah. <laughs> when he when they come out for the White Punk song, he he be was Quaalude in the big platforms and yeah, was, and they, I think uh, Wonder Bread or shit, loaves of bread. <laughs> they play like two weeks in a row at the whiskey and stuff. They. It was a wild. So there, uh, all those characters are in this movie, huh? And yeah. It's like a band. Mm-hmm. They go on the road together, and then um, 
somebody, the bass player in Fee Waybill's band, overdoses, and so Steve Jones' band becomes the headliner, the looters. It's Ray Winstone, actually, is the singer. And the Stains are opening up for them, but they've never played as a band before. They just wanted to get out of town, and they're like, oh, we can sing, we can play. And... Um, they end up becoming way more popular than the looters, and then they, you know, the girls kick the looters off, the bill, and they get this big manager, you know, and it implodes. It's what we've been talking about the whole time. Kind of a spinal tap. Yeah, it's great though. Okay, I gotta check that out. Uh, what we're gonna do right now? Well, in a moment, spin cycle. Cool. Been waiting all day.
International mode, I guess, no place in particular, but just traveling in airports recently, you know, you see people from every place, so I yeah. we get a little taste of everything. So a uh, little uh, travel fever. <laughs> International feeder. <laughs> travel fever. Okay, great. Um, that's the second hour of uh, July 5. 2009 Dish and Watt from Pedro Show, Hold Tap for Hour 3. June 5th, 2009. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show, and here's part five of Jack Flanders in the White Castle. Jack! Hey, Mojo! Looks like we're not alone. Hi, I'm Jack Flanders. And this is Dominique. Bonjour. Bonjour. Do you live here? I look after things. I thought the robots did everything. Well, I take care of them. What kind of care do they need? Maintenance. I'm sort of a tech vet. Technical veterinarian? Named Zevo. Zevo. I like that. <laughs> he keeps things running around here. You keep the robots running around? Well, they pretty much run themselves. Don't you get lonely? No. Why? It's nice to have someone to talk to. Well, I have the robots. Yeah, but they don't speak. They don't talk back. Isn't it a one-way conversation? When people talk to their pets? Do the robots have names? No, but you can give them names. Do you know when Sanford White is coming back? Well, I never know where the boss man is. But there must be a way to contact him. Yeah, what if something goes wrong? Why has something gone wrong? 
Is there an emergency number? Is there an emergency? Uh, no. Oh, it was nice meeting you, Zevo. Now, I'm going for a swim. Be careful. There's some wicked currents. Is it dangerous? It's safe at the far end of the beach. Thanks. Does Sanford White live in this castle alone? The boss man often invites guests. Do you live in the castle? No. The caretaker's cottage. Well, I have robots to look after. Enjoy your stay. Mojo, do you think it's strange he lives here all alone? Hmm. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I've seen him before. Zivo? I, I don't know. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Well, fancy meeting you here. Bonjour, Jack. Am I disturbing you? Oh, no. Of course not. Were you thinking, meditating, just tweaking your suntan? Thinking. Did you meet Zivo, the tech vet? No. What is a tech vet? Zivo looks after Sanford's pet robots. Jack, I was thinking. Maybe we should leave. Hmm, what's the hurry? You're not bored? No, not at all. Well, you get bored so easily. I think there's a reason you were invited to this island. I thought there was, too. I'm beginning to feel that being in White's castle is... Well, it's like being in White's brain. And things are starting to get very interesting. You know, they say that even after the Buddha was enlightened, old Mara would come around for a visit. Mara was the demon who tried to tempt the Buddha? Well, apparently the Buddha saw him as more of a big nuisance. <laughs> Mara used his uh, shapely daughters to tempt the Buddha. But the Buddha knew where that was headed <laughs> and didn't go there. You mean even after he was enlightened, he still hadn't escaped delusion? At first, Mara would come around just to see if he could trick the Buddha. Even though he could see right through him? Oh, yeah. The Buddha was cool, man. He used to say, Hey, Mara, I see you hiding behind that tree. Come on over and give me five, my old friend. He didn't say that. Oh, apparently he did refer to Mara as an old friend. He called Illusion his old friend? The Buddha would say, Hey, Mara, why are you looking so grim? Mara would come shuffling over, looking on a beat, and say, You know, Buddha... This illusion business isn't all it's cracked up to be. So, but someone has to do it. That's the truth. Why does someone have to do it? Because that's what it's all about. What is? Life. Oh, come on. Well, that's how we learn. What do we learn? We learn that that's not it. What's not it? What it is. What is it? What is is what isn't it. Everything that isn't it is it. It's what everything isn't is what it is. Then what's that leave? Oh, the big lip void. Oh, what's that? That's something you can't avoid. I avoid. I think she's got it. <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> um, Zivo. Yeah? Why is it that wherever I go, I'm always tripping over a robot. Oh, they aren't getting in your way, are they? Well, I haven't fallen on my face yet, but they're everywhere. How many are there? Well, I honestly don't know. What do you mean you don't know how many robots you have? They're not all active. Why do I have the feeling they're always watching me? They are personal valets. You mean they'll always be following me around, waiting for my command? Well, that's what they do. 
You're their boss, man. Hmm. Oh, Mojo, I... There are times I'd like to give those robots a good swift kick in their stainless steel pants. <laughs> you don't want to do that. No, actually, I do. You know, they told us the robots can't speak. But I'll bet they can talk to each other. Oh, so you think I'd get a bad reputation in the robot community, huh? They know ways to get even. Oh, yeah? How? You order a cappuccino. It could take the rest of the day to get it. Oh, you don't think they'd actually do that? I wouldn't put it past them. Well, I guess I won't be kicking any personal valets. <laughs> oh, they're not so bad. They're always watching me. Your wish is their command. Well, maybe I ought to tell them to go jump in the ocean. Oh, man. You don't want some rusty, squeaky robots following you around. There's nothing worse than a salty robot. <laughs> Zivo. Dominique. Do you want to join us? Why? I just thought you might like the company. It's not a good idea. Why not? Everyone will be asking me questions, and when I don't give them the answers they want, they just ask me more questions. You don't like talking to people? I do, if I don't have to keep answering questions. We just met. Wait, didn't this happen before you knew her? Yeah, but why wasn't she more honest about it? <laughs> Maybe she thought you'd be jealous? Me? <laughs> Jealous? Maybe she was just playing it safe. I wish there was a way we could zoom in to hear what they're really saying. I thought Claudine told you. Well, she did. By the looks of it, she didn't tell me everything. So you want to eavesdrop? Yeah, what's wrong with that? It happens to be the main feature playing in this room, right? Look at the way they're leaning into one another. It's almost as though they're conspiring. What's that robot doing? Where? No, not on the wall. Over there, peeking around the corner. Oh, that's just Buana. Buana? My uh, personal valet. I gave him a name. <laughs> Buana. Hey, Buana. Beat it. No, no, wait, wait. Buana, come on back here. Uh, Jack, you want a cappuccino? Yeah, sure. Buana, two cappuccinos. <laughs> Are his cappuccinos any good? The best. Really? There is something about my island, something special, surprising. There's no real history to the island, nothing that would account for its uniqueness. It sits on what I believe is a sweet spot. Why do you call it a sweet spot? It's the ambiance. You may have experienced something similar on the Greek islands. At certain times of the year, the air becomes golden. My island, St. Alicia, is a tropical island, but there is a softness, a tingling, soothing sweetness you can almost taste.
rocket song Water of cream or strawberry Before I disappear to see I will sing to rapture from Pedro show that was part five Jack Flanders in the White Castle great stuff over there at uh, ZBS Media zbs.org Z is in zebra B is in boy S is in ship dot org Ball Fulton and the crew is still grinding out the mind movies cool stuff very interesting yeah then we heard uh, cover bands by DMF. DMF's a band I played. Saturday night I played at the Doll Hut. All right. It used to be called Linda's Doll Hut. Last time I played there, it's been many years. Orange County. And, yeah, State. right, Anaheim. Uh, right off the I-5 and Lincoln. Different Lincoln than the, the one that, uh, I don't know, Part of it's called Sepulveda, part of it's called Pacific Coast yeah, Highway. It's, it's all different. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, that's strange. But uh, EMF, <laughs> funny band. They didn't have it on the CD they gave me, but they had a song I really liked. With it went, uh, The chorus was, fuck, 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 fuck in my truck. <laughs> what does DMF stand fuck, for? Fuck, 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 fuck in my truck, I'm fucking you. And it, they were funny. <laughs> love song. I couldn't believe it. I love song. They were good. <laughs> Something yeah, tender, romantic, charmer <laughs> tune. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. It's stuck in my head, though. It's catchy, little tune. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be singing it all the way home. But, uh, you know, Play There Again was a neat. It was with Pete and Jer and Second cool. Man. And fun gig. Last time I played Anaheim was maybe a year ago, closer to Disneyland. It's a place called hmm, Juke Joint or something. And uh, the Doll Hut. Doll Hut's really happening, in a way. You know, it's an old roadhouse. Mm. And uh, some guy just called me out of the blue, you know, a couple of days before. There's some trouble with booking or some some kind of scene politics down there that Pedro's far away <laughs> enough. We don't have any idea. <laughs> I just like playing, so I said, yeah. And a lot of cats came out and had a good time. I want to play there again. I, I, I like playing in Orange County. Places don't stay open much long. And, uh, you know, yeah. That place I've, got some history, though. Right? I don't, th- it does, it does. A lot of people play there. I don't know if I'd move to Orange County or something, but I like playing gigs there, you know. There's people there, it's hard for them to go see gigs. They got to mm-hmm. go a long way if they're going to go Hollywood or something. So you've been getting some cool variety lately with uh, Missing Men and Second Men. Huh? Yeah, mixing them up. Cool. Well, it, a 
October, November, they'll be out. Tom Morrell will be out with Lou Barlow. So I'll be doing a lot more Second Man. But I like uh, both bands. They're just... Even sometimes we do the same songs, but it's different because mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah, cats. cool. I mean, one's an organ band, and one's a guitar, but they're just different personas. They're great guys. I love them all. Um, it's, I've never really had that where I had two active bands going. It's working. Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. The next one is uh, with Missimo, Tom and Raul, Friday for, um, no, Saturday. The 11th for at Deep Piazza's for Surfrider. Cool. Dot org uh, benefit. Oh, yeah. After uh, DMF, we played The Boy. That's the name of the band. And uh, Sabotage, not a cover of the Beastie song, but his own. That's a trip. That's a piece of work there. Where are they from? Where he? He, he, Where's the boy from? The boy is from Tokyo. Oh. Yeah. It's quite original. <laughs> Take on music, bold. Sometimes a bedroom warrior, not having to uh, please a crowd. You don't care, you know. You just go for it. Although he told me he's looking for a label. So maybe that's his strategy, I don't know. The boy needs a label. (laughs) Become accessible. (laughs) Kim, who you like that's playing around? You know what? I hardly do Hollywood gigs anymore. Remember that in the old days, that was all. I That's really not... like um, Haunted Graffiti, Ariel Pink and Haunted Graffiti. Have you heard that? No. He's um, really influenced by our Stevie Moore. I know Mr. Stevie. He does a lot of... In fact, he came on the stories. stage when I played in Maxwell's this last tour. Really? He came right yeah. on the stage. Stevie's an older gentleman. He's a genius. Many songs. Yeah. How many songs he's written? 6,000 or something? Yeah. And he, I, I gave him some bass riffs and he made songs out of them. He's a great cat. His daddy was a big uh, session player, a bass player in Nashville. So he was music early. Yeah. And started writing in the 60s. and He's in his 60s. Great. So where does this cat live? Yeah, he... Is um, he so cat? Yeah, he is. Um, What's his name? Ariel Pink. Ariel Pink. Okay. Yeah. And he's got a good band together. I mean, it keeps getting better. Um, town. Where is he living currently? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think he's like kind of local. Echo Parky, Solo Lake. Local maybe. for you. Um, <laughs> hey, Highland, Pedro, local. <laughs> maybe Highland Park, yeah. My local. But he tours all over the world. Great. Um, lo-fi, lo-fi. Has his own label, puts his own records out. Yeah. Um, Who else you like? I, uh, Jesus. I've been just, I've really been into craft work lately. Yeah, right. That's what <laughs> I she, can't, she said she heard the first three albums this morning. Wow. So your um, little <laughs> remix there was perfect <laughs> for me. I think only one guy's left in the band now. The craft work? But new stuff is, um, I don't know, that's just the one thing that comes to mind because it's the most original thing that I've heard in a really That's playing around, local. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite club right now to go see a band? Oh, here we go. Here we go. I love, um, I I love going to Tex. 
They've been there. The restaurant? Over on Sunset, where they have music on Wednesdays, Thursdays. T-A-A-I-X? Yeah. I always see Joe there on Wednesdays. Oh. Um, there's like a lounge act that plays. But I haven't been to the Redwood yet. So Downtown, 2nd Street. I, I don't like going to the Echo, but it seems to be the only place where people play. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. What did I last see there? Can't remember. <laughs> I know. What did we see? Did we did that benefit? Yeah. I for saw Richie Hatch. I saw a certain ratio there. Remember wow. That yeah, an England band from early 80s. Yeah, I saw them there recently. Well, not that Bonbaro, they did that cover of Shack Up. Very you strange. Know that song? English. Well, Shack Up? It was a Good. 70s uh, folk band from Washington, D.C., but this early 80s England band. <laughs> covered it it was so bizarre <laughs> so good yeah I, I like, like the original it. yeah I'm gonna have to go dig that up <laughs> it's good <laughs> it's pretty trippy it's about like uh, I guess it used to be illegal to cohabitate yeah and I like um, I like Sparkle Horse oh you know I like the project they did with yeah. Danger Mouse that's not he's bad. busy he's yeah. a busy man very, very busy. And he had some controversy, too, with some label stuff. Well, I don't think that record... I, I've heard it's not coming out yeah. because they had too many um, collaborations or too many artists, too many legalities. And yeah. Of course, when they were in the studio doing it, they never thought about that. And then EMI kind of... The, the tangled web they wove, they were just like, you know, we're just going to put this on the back burner for a minute or two. And you know, the guy's just very creative. Mm -hmm. I got to meet him once at Roskilde Festival in Denmark. He's got a lot of ideas going on. And you have stupid machine stuff like that getting away. Yeah. But he's a guy who just got, gets an idea and makes it and happen. He just mm -hmm. goes and does it. And, Love it. You know, it's. Love it. No holes barred. It's Did you, you go to this Coachella this no. year? Uh uh. You know, I saw a craft work at a, maybe it was two, three, four years ago. Ariel Pink ago. played Coachella this year. This was the, the Paul McCartney year? Paul yes. McCartney. Did you go? No, I didn't. But I saw craft work, and it was two of the guys left. <laughs> that was just one. I also found the Kling Klang studio in Dusseldorf. Uh huh. You know, I saw, saw the door. There's no sign or anything hidden, but I found it. I walked right to it from the tell. <laughs> Take a picture. I got a picture. You did good. There's no name on the mailbox or anything. You know, it's, it shares with other things. Yeah, they were a very interesting man, trippy band. I like them a lot. I need to um, refer to my what? iPod to see. What music you're hearing? Yeah, because <laughs> I just, there's too much, you yeah. know? I like this. I was telling you, I was listening to this Belgian 80s synth band called Soundspace. Soundspace. Kind of like what was them. that one band? There was a band from there. Oh, man. It was actually the guy, the mixer guy, was playing the whole thing, and the guys up on stage were just jumping around. <laughs> what were they called? Is it old? KDM... KM, KMFDM. 
It was like one of them kind of bands. Yeah, kill motherfucking was, I don't think it was that band. Or maybe it was. <laughs> but it's like the guy mixing it was really running the whole thing. He's running all the machines. There's the man behind the curtain. Yeah, that's on the stage. I can't remember. Maybe there was numbers in the name. It's terrible. I can't remember. Huh. Um, but uh, who... Pete Mazich's band plays uh, Saturday with us, uh, oh. called Angry Johnny, oh. Slav guys, Pedro guys. Those are the dudes, Tone and Mandich, were the guys who uh, joined me and Pete to do that documentary song, a song for the documentary on the Bloody Thursday, Waterfront Strike oh. at 34. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be on PBS. Good job, Jack. Those were heavy times, man. People don't know. Symbol for the this is local thirteen ILW. It's just the pallet hook. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> and you know why Harbor Division got built right there? Yeah, yeah. They got There's a new, new one. Yeah, brand new corporate with, office with a sculpture. Style. Yeah, corporate, a corporate style sculpture. Yeah, corporate well, style cop office. Police station. Six percent of all new buildings. Six um, percent of their budgets are dedicated to corporate sculpture. Wow, even police stations. I believe so, in the county of Los Angeles, yes. Wow. Trippy. Which is why we have so much bad art. <laughs> <laughs> Could have Raymond Sorry. talk about that. That'll you know about my, got stolen, right? No. Last August, the Stooges stuff all got stolen in Montreal. Oh, and you never got it back. No. But I got three bases from different people. Adam Yauk, a guy named Andy, a guy named Dan. That's very nice. I'm not going to... I think that base is meant to go. Uh-huh. Especially if people are nice enough like that. The blue that. one? No. Blue one I had already sold oh, okay. to Kim for a dollar. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. But now Kim stopped playing guitar. They've got oh. this guy, Mark Eyeball, from Pavement. Yeah, you know what? I played some... I didn't mention this, but way in the first hour, after that Tan Line song... So I started talking about that gig, uh-huh. spaced out. But we played something from the new Sonic Youth album. It's called Malibu Gas Station. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, yeah, she's just playing guitar now, no more bass. And then we heard Elevate and Device, another excerpt last show we heard one. And that's a whole album that Nels Klein did with G.E. Stenson, which you, you thought was kind of trippy. Yeah. They're old friends, you know. I guess G.E.'s originally from Chicago. But, you know, Nels is up for collaborating with anyone. You know. And it, it's a trippy record, man. Like everything. Does he does do anything, Mersh? Uh-huh. No. No. <laughs> no. Even with the Wilco thing, he brings the Nels. He's an incredible musician. Sing, I, I, singular talent. I think... Um... Paul Schaefer when I think about that guy. So. Nelson and Paul Schaefer? No, no G. 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 Stinson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, music is a little different. So you and Nels I, I met him once, right, in uh, First Avenue or something? You and Nels do the Central Park thing a couple August weeks? 1st. What are you doing in Central Park? M. Ward asked us to play, open up for him. And at the same time, uh, since we got to get some songs up, uh, We'll make an album out. The Dougie Bound, Yuka Honda. Nice. Yeah. 
Scary, never done it yeah, before. Yeah, I was going to say, you never played Central Park. No, and I haven't played with those two. Wow, that'll be great. Dougie played like many years with Iggy. Iggy called me last week. He's in great spirits. I guess he told me he's been on some uh, shows, talk shows, and uh, doing things. He did th- play with Steve Jones here when I was on tour in Flea and Chat. And he said Ronnie Wood played it. It was oh, yeah. some kind of thing Bob Forrest put on. Oh, yeah. It was the Somebody map, helps. Um, music, music helps. Cares. Music cares. Yeah. Which is is Bob living out in the desert? No. He's living here. Yeah. But he's a lot in the Joshua Tree. And yeah. No more Thelonious. No more Thelonious. I, but he's busy with this uh, other well, stuff. he's got a documentary coming out about himself. I, mean, okay. I don't know if he's... <laughs> He's doing it or not? What's it called? Bob the Monster? Oh. Yeah. The the bad years. <laughs> well, I don't he's know. Had a, he's had quite a journey. I, I've always liked Bob. But he had something to do with that gig, and they came and sang with those guys play it. Awesome. Yeah. I was on tour, so he told me about that. He's in his great spirits. Yeah, I saw a little clip of him on CNN when I was down in Costa Rica. He was doing a little special uh, My Town Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami. Yeah. Miami. And Cayman, too. He spends a lot of time in Cayman. has a pad in Cayman in Miami. He likes sun, man. He likes sun. I think all those years of being Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan, and yeah, you know what? I'm going to be in sun. He said it's a sunny city for shady people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Even back in those days, you know, on the second album on Funhouse, the, the first song, it wasn't actually originally down on the street. It was down on the beach. If you listen to the words floating around, I'm real, you know. It's, but Scotty said, wow, you know, there's no real beach around here. Eh? Yeah, it doesn't sound. <laughs> so Scotty said, he said, let's just say, what about street? Down the street. So Egg was like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But you know, music is to transcend. John, John Fogarty, you know, very northwest by you. Yeah. <laughs> North Berkeley. Yeah, no jungle to run through up there. <laughs> yeah. You know, so why not? Down on the beach, you know, where the faces shine. Yeah. And then that's where he ends up living. He loves his son, man. I remember beyond tour and he just laying out and said he likes to swim in how was it when you met Madonna I was we, coming through the yeah. kitchen after we played and so it was a surprise didn't know that was going to happen uh-huh. she was coming through the other end of the kitchen <laughs> the wall dark and uh, all of a sudden there she, she is and Iggs uh, telling her who we are and I just Bowed. I, I couldn't talk. I didn't know what to say. Speechless. She said that she uh, the band was good or something. You played well. Yeah. She actually was sitting right in front of me when we I played know, the. Whole, I, I didn't see her. I was just you know when I do Stooges gigs, I just watch Iggy, check in with the Ashtons, you know, to, but a lot on Ig because I would get afraid and so I could focus on him. But there was one point near the end. You know, we did two of her songs, trippiest versions of Madonna songs. But I saw her, she was sitting right in front of these tables, you know. And uh, 
I didn't look at her face or anything. I just noticed she was there. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. Get the ending right. Get the ending right. Here's, here's some music.
That was most of Jim O'Rourke's Spirits Never Forgive off of his album Tamper. Now here's something from Belgium.
Juan from Pedro Show. For our last bit of music there, we just heard uh, Faster by Rachel Yamagata. Zeeland Doder by Jan van Gentband. Belgian. Great stuff. <laughs> Go Belgian. You know about this? We got Shakespeare. No. In the summertime. Yeah, cool. It's called yeah. Shakespeare by the You can go to the website. Great bunch of people. And uh, this year they're doing uh, as you as, as you like, you like it. it. And one other one, I think. Yeah, Love's Love's Labor Lost. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a nice spot right in the park there on the cliffs. Yeah, uh, ends August eleventh. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Mm-hmm. It's actually a troupe. They travel around. They do some yeah. other South Bay. Dondo, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But the Pedro is the happening one right That's here. Cool spot. <laughs> the band shell here at Point yeah. Furman. The, our oldest building in town is the Lighthouse here at Point Furman. And they do the play right there. See Willie Shakes. Yeah, <laughs> Willie the Shake. Park. <laughs> and it's a great thing. And, um, well, you got uh, some final thoughts? Being We've, great guests for us. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks oh, for God, coming thanks down. Thanks for having me. You've fall, uh, learned to fall in love with music again by getting away from the machine. And uh, you make a living with the chow. Uh-huh. I do. You just brought up Yellow Magic Orchestra. There's yeah. Something else I can go back and dig deep into. <laughs> yeah, trippy band, huh? Really. I remember them. They Maybe they've done some reunions, but they've all gone different ways and... A lot of respect over there for them because yeah. they were early on for their music scene, and so yeah, it was. Even though it was kind of a difficult, trippy song for me, I tried my hardest, and uh, it kind of comes in at the end. The bass, mm-hmm. bass hangs out. Shuko's playing the trippy drums. Incredible how they can do that. She can do it without hearing it. You know, they can read the music. Wow. Not even bracket it. Yeah, just go for it. But, yeah, that's what blew me away. The uh, Week Jamicano documentary. And they're way into this. They, they, they came out over there with subtitles. Shimmy was like this. Yeah, watch this. And me and Deepoon all out of two minutes. All of heads off. I'm going, wow. Did they get all the <laughs> subtitles right? I don't know. I can't read. It yet. I gotta tell you because sometimes <laughs> a one lot of, the most of times fun thing to do is read the um, yeah most languages lyrics are that Japanese write down and they're oh you so should read his emails yeah. you should read his email his emails are total poetry it's yeah they're brilliant. beautiful but but Bukowski would do like a book in Germany he'd have it translated in German then he'd go get that translation and giving it to another German guy okay now translate it in English and so I look at his version (laughs) Chinese telephone (laughs) and sometimes it'd be like but people that are good with the two languages I know the coin locker baby Haru Murakami Shuka says terrible translation so if you don't know the other language you're total hostage you don't know you don't know one of my favorites is um, Time Zone and World Destruction where African Babata. Yeah, where he says, You and I know it because the Bible tells you. Yeah. And the Japanese, um, Sony, the lyrics say, You and I know it because the barber tells you. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed about that for a we, I still laugh about it because, you know, the barber can be all knowing. <laughs> you know? Espe- especially if you know about uh, Steve Reed told me in the hood, that was 
It was like the Schwitz. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like, where the old guys and the young guys came together. Uh, George Clinton put together Parliament from the... Yeah, that was his original deal. Processes. You want yeah. to know about it? Go talk to the barber. The barber with the barber <laughs> Forget about the Bible. <laughs> talk to the barber. Okay, it's been great to have you aboard. Much respect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Bob. Matt. Yes. For Brother essential Matt, aiden and abetting. Nice to have you here. And it's been a, a uh, July 5, 2009, out from Pedro's show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.